what is going on guys it is your boy tkd want you to hear back here on players and source and this of course is road to ghost of tsushima the weekly podcast series revolving around any and all things ghost of tsushima as we lead up to launch and with me of course my luxurious co-host the arachnite how are you doing good sir i'm doing well i'm anxious but we're good yep we're, we're definitely in a lot better of a better of a mood you know, so, right, right yeah. before this, we we uh, recorded our Last of Us Part Two first impressions. Make sure to go check that out on the channel as well, uh, or the podcast. Either one where you're at uh, is been recorded, documented completely. Um, and uh, I feel now we're in a much, a much uh, better mood, high energy. <laughs> at least I feel like I. Am, yeah, no, know, I, I am, I am awake now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a late night. Yeah. You know enduring and surviving enduring and surviving indeed but um another game that will of course have to endure and survive from a different enemy not from uh you know the wlf or the seraphites or the uh, infected is of course ghost of shishima and i really wanted to do this episode for episode two which of course if you saw the title already uh it is titled the story and characters of ghost of shishima and i really want to do this because they are doing a lot to really double down on the historical aspect of Ghost of Tsushima and what it's deriving off of in terms of history, right? Because there's there's definitely a lot here. There's a lot of interesting. I mean, I found a lot of stuff interesting here, and I guess we'll you know throw it throw it in here as well. This is our second time recording this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, OBS, you're my arch nemesis. Uh, we are doing away with you. Be gone. Be gone, OBS. Be gone. Um, but here we are, round two, back better than ever. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and I just felt that like having a game in PlayStation First Party that is revolving around an historical event, I think it's very very important that, uh, or hopefully important, or maybe interesting to few people. You know what I'm saying? That we go into the real history of the mongol invasion of course that is what ghost of, ghost of shishima is really based off of um as well as uh you know going through the, the, the actual history as well as how it compares and contrasts to the history that they are doing in ghost of shishima because they're not one-to-one -one. it's not completely the same but um there's there's clear reasons as to why it's not the same and they're really doubling down of course mostly on making it historically act historically accurate to the real mongolian invasion you know what i'm saying um but starting off here you know i think i think uh, a great place to start is of course brought to us by the uh ghost of shishima wiki via fandom a great source for information of all things nerdy and stuff like that um and you you know what why not you know uh let's do a popcorn style arachnite you popcorn. know what i'm saying popcorn style definitely uh as a youngin, you know, tried to avoid the popcorn style reading. Of course. Uh, you know, had to had to look different ways. You know, hide my hide my field of vision, if you will. That's how um, they got you. That's how they got you, though. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> like, do you did you ever have to? Oh, well, of course you took tests in school, but like, do you remember in like elementary school when you had those like folders you had to put up? Oh, at your yeah. Desk? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god i just thought about that like i remember like trying to hide like behind my folder low-key when they're doing popcorn reading and stuff like that it was wild um, good stuff yeah yeah no those um 
I always just like I always like tried to pick a desk because I was like alone, like isolated. Mm. So absolutely, yeah. So it like it, it really wasn't too big of an issue. Like I never really had a folder because no one was sitting next to me. <laughs> uh, I I I didn't want it. I I just wanted to. I I I only wanted to sit there and I wanted to read and be done. Mm. Mm. Get in, do the thing, get out. Yeah. Leave me alone. I agree. I really, I really empathize with that. I really empathize with that. But uh, I am gonna pick you for us for popcorn reading. All right. And uh, I think, I think a great place to start, you know, is this little story excerpt that pretty much rounds out the uh, juck, the juck, what, the, the, the crux, crux, crux. What's the term I'm looking for? Crux. Uh, right. It's not juxtaposition. Is a literary term. On. Uh, to the extent of my knowledge and I I am like I am not a uh, I am not very like fluent in all that but to the mm. extent of my knowledge mm. the a juxtaposition is like two things like being close together with that like contrast I believe mm. so you're, you're looking for like the like the like, I, I believe you had it right with crux. This is the like uh, a synopsis of the like the main point. No, no details, just the main point. Mm. Mm. And oh, once again, you know, your boy is just uh, a a bumbling idiot. <laughs> Bro, no. <laughs> the only reason I remember that is because like I took a test and like sophomore year of high school and it was the only one I got wrong and I was like, never again. <laughs> never again. <laughs> we went hard in high school. Hashtag we, never again. Never again. But you, you know what I just realized actually? What? While we were doing the part two first impressions, we didn't talk about what what, what games we were playing. I think did we, want, did we want to do that here real quick or like it's just unnecessary? Uh the games we've been playing is The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> of course, yes. The Last of Us Part... Oh, wow. That's a big one that we had missing. Yeah, from the last recording, of course. Yeah, Last of Us Part 2. Um, yeah, Minecraft Dungeons has been pretty cool. Honestly, very, very charming game. Very, very charming. You know? It definitely retains that Minecraft uh, charm. Yeah, that you feel. Know? For sure. For sure. Like, sound design. All that good stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah. Just, I guess that's it. Yeah, Timefall, <laughs> Last of Us Part Two. Mm. Yeah. Um, it literally like the last week has just been, what can I do to burn as much time as as easily as possible? Mm. Because it's just been like, especially yesterday. Yesterday was just like, can I nap? Just like, <laughs> can I like sleep? And it's like I know I woke up like a few hours ago. But can I like take a, a seven hour nap and wake up at nine PM? And that did not happen. It did not happen. Did not. Hate to see it. You truly hate, hate to see, see it. it. You truly do. You truly do. But uh let's read this little story excerpt, you know, going over Ghost of Tsushima. Are you getting it or am I getting it? Because I can do it. You can grab it. Yeah, and then I'll I'll get the first part of the next section and we'll go. Alright, big bet. 
Ghost of Tsushima is a story-driven, open-world game. An anthology of stories surrounds Jin's main story in the form of side tales. The year is 1274 CE. Samurai warriors are the legendary defenders of Japan until the fearsome Mongol Empire invades the island of Tsushima, wreaking havoc and conquering the local population. As one of the last surviving samurai, players rise from the ashes to fight back, but honorable tactics won't lead to victory. They must move beyond their samurai traditions to forge a new way of fighting, the way of the ghost, as they wage an unkempt unconventional war for the freedom of Japan. Mm, mm. So, what, I think the biggest thing that kind of caught me off guard, I, I don't know if it did to you as well, but like this uh, sentence about an anthology of stories surrounds Jin's main story in the form of side tales. I think that's essentially saying side missions are in the game that surround Jin's main story. Yeah, they're kind of like yeah. Uh, like build up on it instead of just kind of being filler. Right, right. And like I think they're like trying to like say that or at least like make a quote unquote like explanation for side missions in the lore of Ghost of Tsushima. You know what I'm saying? Like like why would he be doing this over? I, I think that's what it's getting at here. I don't know. But pretty cool. Yeah, so we uh, of course are, you know, a um, samurai. Our island home of Tsushima gets invaded by the Mongolian Empire. Is saying Mongolian Empire correct, or should I say Mongol Empire? Uh, a Mongolian is a person, and the Mon a Mongol is the overreaching. Oh. Like you, you wouldn't call it a. Like, well, you could. Why it's like, but uh, hmm. like, like I don't know. The first thing that come, I don't know why this is the first thing that came to mind, but Bulgarian. I thought of like uh, American, oh, well, or like time. Dominican. Yeah. But 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 Bulgarian. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I wouldn't. Yeah, the Empire of, if you were to say the Empire of Bulgaria, like um, Bulgaria Empire, like it, would, uh, it, would, it, there are there are different ways to construct sentences based on how the words are formed, or like definitely. just like just the like how like grammatically. Definitely, yeah. I mean, they just use Mongol Empire to throw this entire thing. I just okay, all right. Yeah, I will, I will, I will bend the knee. I will bend the knee. Yeah. Um, the knee. Shout out to uh, English. Oh, big ups to English. Absolutely. Desert dessert. <laughs> like read red. Like, Desert desserts. Like English is. English is uh, English. English sucks. is English is wild sometimes. It's whack. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's but a lot. my my favorite word in the English language is catalyst. That is a cool word. That I love cool. the word catalyst. I love the word. I love using it whenever I can. Catalyst, very very good song. Also, a very good Lincoln Park song as well. Never heard of it. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, I, I have recommend it. It's a great song. Uh, my out there. Yeah, my favorite word is superior. Mmm. Mmm. I like that. I like that. I like that. Well, of course, in Ghost of Tsushima, we will be fighting <laughs> the Mongol Empire. Uh, and the Mongol Empire invasion is, of course, the catalyst Ooh. to seeing Jin, our protagonist, you know, 
uh, adapt more of a of a uh, skill set that makes him a bit dishonorable in the way of the ghost, of course, right? But I want to go over this IGN article. Um, it, it's titled The History Behind Ghosts of Shishima. I will link it down below in the description. If I don't, yell at me on Twitter. Yell at me in the comment sections because uh, I have I've it written down. So whenever I, you know, make content, if you will, um, I have I have stacks of, uh, of uh, flashcards that I used to use for school, right? But now that a homie's graduated, you know, um, I had... I had a lot of residual uh, flashcards. So now I use them for tagging notes. I'll be like, okay, like at this time card, put up this YouTube card to link to this video, put this link in the description. I that, like, I'll like manually write it down and put it like up against my Mac, you know? That way when I'm uploading, I, I remember, right? right. Uh, I haven't made those notes yet for this episode. So there's a solid chance I'll forget. But if I do scream at me, I'll put it there. It's all good. But if you uh, want to look for it again for yourself, it is IGN's article, The History Behind Ghosts of Tsushima. They did a great job, I feel like, breaking down the real events of what happened uh, during the Mongol invasion. And and I think it's a good like comparison sake, seven point, because we will go down to another article from GameSpot, and that's how accurate is Ghost of Tsushima. And I think it's a really good place to start if we're going to just look at it from a historical standpoint. Let's let's look at the real history of the Mongol invasion, shall we? Let's, if I may. Let, let's get into it. Like Philip DeFranco, let's, let's just jump right into it. <laughs> 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 Time to get filled in. Um, the, pause. P.H. <laughs> the game is set during the first Mongol invasion of Japan, which took place in 1274. The Kublai Khan had already established a dynasty in China and claimed Korea. And once again, uh, my pronunciation might be horrible for a lot of these words. My apologies. Upon reaching the sea, his next target was the island of Japan. He made multiple demands to the Emperor of Japan, encouraging him to submit to Mongol rule. Anticipating the Emperor would reject these offers, the Great Khan was, at the same time, constructing an invasion fleet. When the rejections did come, the Khan set sail with thousands of soldiers and hundreds of boats. He set his sights on Tsushima, a small island strategically located in the straits between Korea and the main island of Japan. The island was ideally located for both trade and defense with regard to the Asian mainland and was the nearest part of, of Japan that could be reached from the Mongols' ports in Korea. On October 5th, the Khan's forces landed on Kom Komodama Beach where they handily defeated the local governor and his cavalry. The Mongols subjugated the island and reportedly slaughtered its inhabitants. So they came and just like, you know, uh, they just like a like a lion and a gazelle, you know, Oof. just 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 fucked it up. Demolishing. It's a wrap. It's it's a wrap. It's a war of attrition. You know? Oh, precisely. It's precisely. just like how many bodies can we throw until we win? I love the detail of like the Khan expecting them to like deny his his uh his uh demands, you know. While at the same time like 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 trying to deal with, you know, taking over Shushima and Japan, you know. Very like straight up, you know, just like hey, listen, dude. I'm going to pull up. Yeah. Right. I don't want to pull up. 
but I'm a pull up. So give me the demands I want, and I may not pull up so harshly, right? Like, but at the same time, he's in the background prepping to pull up ferociously. Yeah. You know? It's submit, it's submit or die. Truly, truly, truly. It uh, really is. It really is. To quote Shadow the Hedgehog, death to all who oppose me. <laughs> Wait, that's a real thing he said? Yeah, he said it in the 2005 game named Shadow the Hedgehog. Huh. And, uh, like, six-year-old me thought that was the hypest shit in the world. It was like, yeah, Shadow's got a gun. <laughs> and for Wait, some reason... Yeah, he, he, that game? yeah, he has a like a dead ass gun, like a like a like a pistol. Like you can get like a machine gun, a pistol, like a rocket launcher, and you're just like firing at like either like aliens or like soldiers, because there's like good and evil paths. Like it was like six year old me is like, yeah, this is the hypest shit ever. And now it's like a twenty year old. It's like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> it's that still it's still me. hype. It's still hype. Dude. But that, yeah, that, oh, what were you gonna that, say? That reminded me of those um, Animal Crossing memes where the villagers would uh, pull up to Tom Nook with a with a gat <laughs> and be like, "Hey, yo, listen, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not I ain't paying gonna my pay debt. this debt. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I, I, I'll need that refund check. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I need that stimulus package out here. Um, let's move on to the next. <laughs> um. <laughs> Historically, the samurai themselves begin to adapt to the Mongol tactics of using mass volleys and formations over single combat. It's worth noting that this first Mongol invasion encouraged the normally competitive and clannish samurai to set aside their conflicts and fight for all of Japan against a foreign invader. The Mongols also introduced the samurai to several weapon advancements. In addition to using gunpowder and rockets, the Mongols also used them in hand-thrown grenades which were used to scare horses. You can see the samurai doing exactly that at, right at the end of the trailer. Yeah, I, I, again, literally the second time recording, I forgot to take out that sentence, but... Well, <laughs> like it's true. Like, <laughs> I mean, it is true. We do see it multiple times in the trailer, and I think we see it even in the see the play when we uh, get the debut of like the ghost gameplay. Um, uh, there's a part where like Jin is above like three guards and like he, he well I guess that was more of like a firecracker type thing it wasn't necessarily a grenade but it was like a firecracker type thing that disoriented them you know so uh, we we see of course I mean I honestly didn't know that like a lot of uh, the new weaponry and tactics and like uh, different uh, equipment that the samurai started to use as the Mongolian invasion was happening and a way to, you know, fight back was with their own technology, which is pretty interesting too. Yeah. Did not know that. Did not know that. Like, we're, um, you know, um, we're in Premiere Enemy and all that. Like, um, like, like, think like your enemy, fight like your enemy. Like, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. All exactly. that good stuff. Like, it, it's cool to see, like, I don't know. I, I, we talked about it last time. I adore the attention to detail. Like I, I like I respect attention to detail, like heavy. Yeah, there's a lot of detail that we are gonna get into. I know now that we know it because this is our second time recording it. But there's a lot of cool stuff here for sure. A lot of cool details. Uh, uh, and like, you ever seen Rebels? No, uh, right? 
we're talking Star Wars Rebels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we talked about it. I'm an idiot. Wow, I'm such a, I'm such a dumbass. No, you're um, good. You're a good, man. It's that, a small detail. The way that uh, the um, uh, natives to Shishima and the samurai and all that uh, fight back against the Mongols by, like, learning their enemy and learning their, you know, tactics and equipment and different stuff like that reminds me of uh, Thrawn. Yeah. And Admiral Thrawn, you know, like really being particular about learning the culture of the enemy, you know, and uh, yeah, that's what I thought. But to follow the story a bit further, the Mongols were eventually repulsed thanks to an unseasonable typhoon in late November of that year. The storm all but destroyed the Mongol fleet, effectively ending the invasion. The Japanese referred to this phenomenon as a, quote, divine wind. In Japanese, the word is kamikaze. It perpetuated a belief that Japan's divine favor would keep the island from ever being conquered by a foreign power, a prediction that would hold true until World War II. This was one of the coolest things that we got from this whole episode. Yeah. Like, dude, if we have an end game, right, this massive typhoon is just, like, in the ocean. Like, the the whole environment's stormy. Those like blades of grass that we see in the game were just like flailing everywhere. Trees are wilding. The animals are in hiding. You know. Trees are wilding. <laughs> Trees are out here looking like the um uh what are those like inflatable things in front of cars. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, those right. Yeah. I don't even. Uh, I don't even know what to call I, those, I don't but even like. Know what they're called. Like things are going down. That's like man. Okay, this 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 divine wind. This typhoon is taking out the Mongolian fleet. Like, this is the perfect time to strike. And, like, if the end game takes place, like, in that scenario where, like, its end is, like, this massive storm, dude, that's going to be sick. Like, they're, they're, like, very, I don't know. History is pretty cool. Like, some things oh, that dope. have happened, like, uh, if you told me, like, a month ago to think of an end game for Ghost of Tsushima, I, I am pretty confident and saying that I couldn't think of anything cooler than a big typhoon while you're fighting like the remnants of the uh, the Mongols. Mm -hmm. It's like, like their fleets are destroyed. You see all the debris in the water. It's stormy. Like trees are wilding. It, things are going down. I pro I I know for a fact I could not have thought of anything cooler than that, other than like a Pacific Rim like fight. Mm. Mm. Like, cause I would never even guess to do that as the end, cause like it, it just doesn't sound like something like I just didn't. It, I would never think that. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, it's definitely cool. I mean, granted, we don't know the ending of the game yet, so they could not do it. But I don't like if I researched the Mongol invasion for like a solid like thirty minutes. I'd say you know, like I, I spent you know a little bit of time just getting some getting some articles that I wanted to uh, explore and stuff like that. Um, but if I came across this in 30 minutes and they've been working on this game for like, what, uh, since 2014? So, was that? Has like, it really been like, 20, like since 2014? Well, I mean, no, I guess not. Because uh, I guess like First Light. Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah, the First Light. Let's say, what, like four years just being safe, right? Yeah. Like, and, and they had to assemble upon this phenomenon of how they ended the Mongol invasion. Like it, it has to be part of the game. If it's not, I'd be very 
very very uh not not disappointed just interested yeah it's just yeah. like huh. you have this like cool ass this cool like, like it's so cool it's like this it's like this hype ass like fight it's like that actually happened it's like hey you don't have to this isn't fiction this yeah is so, this is so cool that it sounds fake Mm-hmm. and it's just like precisely it is cool that it sounds fake yeah it's like just some of the things in history are beyond the aspect of like it's like oh this this is so cool this has to be fake right like mm. uh, speaking of world war Two, in the in the, like, the previous paragraph it's just like the atom bomb being called the Manhattan Project is still the Fire. the coolest thing, one of the coolest things I've heard of in like science. Fire, I agree. It's just like I agree. It's just so cool. It's like I agree. Moving on from us nerding about uh, <laughs> typhoons <laughs> and bombs and the Manhattan Project, uh, yeah. of course, you know they definitely made it a point when they first came out with ghost of ghost of shishima and revealed it at i believe tokyo game show yes i think I 2017 so. i could be very wrong no i think what's Tokyo game show 2017 i'm pretty sure yeah but um it's been a few years yeah yeah they they first came out and definitely tackled like a question that i didn't expect sucker punch to come out and tackle first and that was that like hey we understand were a studio of primarily white males, I believe, in Seattle, Washington, you know. Um, not a part of the WLF, but, you know, for Sucker now. Punch Studios <laughs> for now, right? Uh, and we wanted to make sure that, like, it's projected that we are doing everything we can to be historically accurate to feudal Japan, you know. Uh, and, and when we're not accurate, we want to give you a very clear reason as to why we're not being accurate you know and uh there's a lot of cool stuff here so i'll start off here this is this of course is a interview done by gamespot with chris zimmerman the co-founder and programmer at sucker punch and he says this about the whole topic of like how accurate is ghost of tsushima right right so he says oh sorry go ahead. oh uh you got the last paragraph i was wondering if you wanted me to get this one. Oh, i did oh snap my bad go ahead go oh ahead, no ahead. my bad so Zimmerman says, the way I think about it is we're going to deviate from historical truth. We just want to do it intentionally. A lot of the support we get from our friends from Sony in Japan and our Japanese friends in Sony US and all the cultural consul consultants we've assembled to help us do this stuff is to make sure we don't deviate accidentally. There are things we are going to do that are different and we want to choose those wisely. End quote. Mm. Like that... Mm. That that is like that is a level of detail and care that I can I respect heavily. Yeah, and like it's it's you know I just think it's very like a forward thinking thing to do as a studio. Like and it's very like self aware, like, hey, like, we're aware, you know, that the majority of the studio is not Japanese. You know what I'm saying? Um so like in terms of like them like getting support from uh, excuse me, from Sony in Japan and Japanese friends at Sony and like all the cultural con consultants as well. Like it, like it sounds like they are definitely getting the right people to be able to do this properly, you know, in terms of like um, historical accuracy and truth. You know what I'm saying? 
So definitely makes sense that, that they would say that first, especially for this game and everything. Um, uh, but they go on to say there are places where we're really pretty true, right? Like if we're putting birds in the game, they're Japanese birds. Brad Meyer, our sound lead, took a trip to Japan to capture the actual sounds of things in nature. It's an awesome game to work on because it lets us do this cool stuff. So stuff like that is going to be pretty perfect. Like the statues that you see in the temple in the demo, those are actual 13th century statues. Which, number one, the first time we, we read this, really haven't really thought in depth about birds, yes. <laughs> if I may. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I had never like really like conceived that like, oh yeah, like there's you know, birds have different nationalities. <laughs> like for yeah. sure. I just had never really thought about it that deeply before. Yeah. But definitely like, makes sense. I uh, I'm not birds are typically not something I think about. Like yeah, no. you could have you could have shown a pigeon flying through the air and it's like, Yeah, that's there there he is. And yeah, you I mean, yeah, for real. You could quite honestly put like a seagull in Japan and be like, "Yeah, okay, All right, yeah." Um, Checks out. That it do be true. He do be mm. flying. They do be flying, you know, especially when they're migrating. We thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> the last recording. Yeah, it, it, it's wild. It's just like I'll just see like a swarm of them, and it's like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. It's like nice. Birds are underrated, I think. Birds are overrated. Uh, overrated. <laughs> They're drunk. Hot take. That's a joke. That's Hot. a joke. <laughs> that, was a, um, that, but was, that was a joke. <laughs> definitely. Is, honestly, I didn't hear what you said. Uh, I, um, the, the crazy conspiracy theory that like um, birds are drones, like pigeons are drones for the government. Oh. Yeah, that conspiracy theory. That was a joke. I did hear that uh, birds, I mean, not... Not here. I'm pretty sure it's true that like birds are descendants of like dinosaurs. I believe those are chickens. Really? Yes. That was birds. I mean, like a bird. I mean, is it is a chicken a bird? Um, I would I would kind of count it. I think. You know. As a as a as a I don't understand. I don't know the full umbrella of species in bird, but I don't <laughs> believe they are a bird. I I believe like. Uh, would. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm just... Oh, God. Like, <laughs> I, I never thought I would be asked this question. <laughs> I'm purely speculating, but, like, would would be calling a chicken a bird be kind of like calling don't, don't a wolf a dog? Okay, I thought you were going to go a different route with that. Oh, like, you know, like, we wouldn't really consider a wolf a dog, but, like, in essence... A wolf is a dog. A chicken right? is a bird. Mm. Uh, one mm. of the features that differentiate it from other birds is that it has a, a comb and two waddles. 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 Um, the, there you go. I. <laughs> uh, what is this podcast? I do love <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that that they're using real real statues. You see the temple. Uh, in the demo of, uh, I believe he's referring to the E3 2018 demo, um, but uh, that's something that I definitely would not have known, you know, if I just played the game. Like, yeah, yeah. cool, those look like Japanese statues, you know, sure. Um, 
Yeah, but like it's cool to see that like they're actually like using like real authentic statues yeah. in the game and stuff like that. Like, um, I know that Sonic Adventure did that in. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, at Sonic Adventure, they did that. You go to uh, you go to a temple in Sonic Adventure One, mm -hmm. and the the dev team, like the Japanese dev team, actually went to Mexico to the Aztec temples there. Mm. And took pictures of the of the environment of the actual temple from the outside, and made sure to get everything in as much detail as they could possibly do to respect the history. That's dope. Yeah, I like that. They I like that a lot. Yeah, they actually left a Sonic plushie there. Like they took a put a picture with a Sonic plushie on the on the temple, which I thought was funny. And I don't know, it just like stuff stuff like that is something I respect. Just like the. Um, the desire to be honest in what you do and in the historical content like when you're making games surrounded by history like mm -hmm. um i may not know i don't know assassin's creed i don't know the history surrounding assassin's creed but i know that there are people that have gone into history because of assassin's creed yeah definitely like, definitely for sure like making games is like any kind of other like i i'd like to say it's like other media it's this could be somebody's first experience in something like this. Like, Stan Lee said that about comics. I believe it was Stan Lee. Like, it was... Any comic could be somebody's first comic. Mm. So make it good. Right. So, it's like, with a game like this, like this could be somebody's introduction into history. Like, you have... I don't know, you have like a 10-year-old play Ghost of Tsushima. It's like, this is super cool. And then there's a lifelong passion. So I respect and admire the level of detail that they're putting in. Even in like the next paragraph that we're going to talk about, just the dialogue. Just cutting out a word to make things fluid. Mm. Mm. And elaborating on that, uh, Zimmerman also says that, and then there were things where, well, there's some stuff where the consultants help us not make mistakes. If anyone asked that question, I probably gave the example of us rewriting that scene with Jin and Masako when they meet. Originally, we wrote it as, Hello, Jin. Ryuhai. Ryuhi? Forgive my pronunciation. Uh, Ryu from Street Fighter. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that's what the we The exact what same we joke as last time. <laughs> yeah, we're going to just call him Ryu. It's probably completely wrong, but you know what? Um, yeah, my my, <laughs> my my deepest apologies. Absolutely. Our producer said, yeah, Japanese people don't say that. She would just say, Jin, little stuff like that, just to make sure that if you're a Japanese speaker or if you're Japanese, you don't snag on stuff, which I love. I, oh, I love that. I love that detail, too. So cool. So cool. You know, because it's like, man, like, I would have never known that. Never known that, you yeah. know? Also, it, but very sorry. Oh no, sorry. no, yeah, you go, you go. It's also like a very like interesting way to greet someone, you know, because like I think we described it as like it kind of like sounds cold. Yeah, and, like, like sound. Yeah, yeah, it's like arachnite, Kevin. Like, like you know, but uh, that's just how it goes. It's very, very interesting, very interesting. But we have another detail like that as well, uh, where it continues on with the article saying, "I asked him, uh, I asked him another one today." I was like, Ryu, in the English version, the horse is named Nobu, a Japanese name. So why is it that when we did it in the Japanese, they changed the name? 
He said, oh, we didn't change the name. You just don't give horses names in Japan. That's an American thing. So when he calls the horse, Jin says, hey, over here. And the horse comes. He, he doesn't give him a name. I thought that was the coolest detail ever. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. So cool. I so I, cool. I love the the dialogue like Jin like like just just Jin I, that was my favorite but like I don't know like it I never thought about the just how the 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 small differences in just communication b- between languages like 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 we said like in the states we greet with a hello or how do you do or whatever howdy um. Howdy. Howdy. I started saying that as a joke, and then it became not a joke, and I was actually saying it to people, and I was like, I really need to stop that. Uh, but moving on, like, just the details. Um, like, naming your horse, or cutting out a word from dialogue, is... I love that. Like, I'll say it a million times, but I love that. I love that attention to detail, because it shows care that sometimes we don't get in game development because uh, sometimes we'll get like yearly pushed out releases that are kind of soulless and lifeless which honestly I feel has been decreasing Hmm. like I feel like in the early to mid 2010s we got a lot of just yearly releases that were kind of soulless like like Assassin's Creed Syndicate and uh, some of the less popular entries in the Call of Duty franchise. But now I feel like there's a lot more soul in games, which I'm very, very excited about. Right, right. Very also, Nobu stuff. is a cool name for a horse. That's Oh the... my god, absolutely. Yeah. I love Nobu, bro. That sounds sick. <laughs> it sounds sick. And considering that... I feel like I haven't read a lot, and you've been getting like a lot of the like meaty paragraphs here. You can take the next one, then I'll take the next two. Since like if we were going back and forth, I'd be reading like two sentences. Sure. Know? So I'll uh, give your give your voice a little break. You All right. I'll read this last one then. Absolutely. Things like that are going to fly over most players, and that's okay. Knowing that we're trying to get that stuff right, and knowing there are people that notice and appreciate that the kanji are actually 13th century kanji. That actually is why we're doing it. I think people not necessarily seeing those details or realizing the lengths we've gone to to make sure it's true at where we want it to be true, they still benefit because it just adds a level of coherence to the whole thing that it's not made up. And not really much to talk about there. Um, but definitely, you know, just reiterating that, hey, they are doubling down on the uh, accuracy of the time, of course. The challenge for us making a game in an original story but taking place in a real historical time is making sure we're telling a story that people can relate to, you know, that they can empathize with. So when we are deviating from this historical truth, we are doing it to stop you from snagging on stuff. If you have an idea about what samurai look like or how they act or how they think, we're going to give that to you. Most people's idea is really based on an idea of samurai, which is really more of a 16th, 17th, 18th century idea of samurai. 13th century, historically, is pretty different. In terms of how they fought, what they wore, it doesn't match your expectations. So we're not sticking exactly to the historical truth of the Kamakura era samurai. It's going to be a it's going to be a little different. 
the armor that you see him wear, it's not 13th century armor. It's more wearing states period armor. Because honestly, the, the 13th century armor is pretty jarring looking. It's not what you'd expect. It's really boxy. It doesn't look aspirational. And we want to make sure that we give you... Wait. That what we give you is your fantasy of what being a wandering samurai is. And so, like, this is the one thing that, like, I am personally okay and see their point of view in terms of, like, taking a little bit of uh, liberties creatively. Yeah, creative freedom. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I mean, if you looked up 13th century armor, I don't know if you have uh, recently. It's, yeah, it's, it's boxy. You it, it, like, like you said, it's like an Iron Man mech. Yeah, yeah, it like no, like it looks like the Mach One armor that yeah. like he made with a box of scraps with in the cave. Box of scraps. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it literally looks like that. Like it looks wild. You know, it's like a big, it's a big boy. You know, what I thought would have been pretty cool to have, right? Is that maybe like Jin starts off with the 13th armor, like the 13th uh, century armor. You know, yeah, it's like super boxy and big, whatever. And over time. You know, he starts to adapt his armor to be a little bit lighter, a little more, uh, you know, versatile to to uh, become the not. Ghost. Yeah. 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 That way that like he can move freely as the ghost as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I think w- w- would have been pretty cool. But I think it might have been like a little bit more jarring if you went from that boxiness to the slimmer down like. As well as become the ghost. Like, I think that might have been too much change. I could definitely see where they're coming from from that standpoint, you know? So, I thought it would have been cool. But. Yeah. I, like, I think, like, I, I dig the armor design. Like, I love sleek looking armor. That's uh, the way. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, like, 13th century armor, like, they probably will throw a joke in, maybe. Like maybe yeah maybe yeah. I imagine I imagine um it it it's just like I don't know like I I I I dig the 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 design choice like to make it like sleeker so that it's not as like hey like what does he what does it look like a bowl it's mm. just like I I I dig it I think Jin's armor looks really really cool. I agree. I agree. It definitely looks super neat. And, uh, of course, what we saw at the State of Play, how you can uh, uh, collect flower petals throughout the world to be able to change the color of your armor, that's going to be super slick, too. Oh, you know yeah. me. I, I'm a rock of blue and yellow armor for Jin. You already know. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I can't wait to do that. Uh, I can't. Yep. Looks. It looks good. looks good. And, like, if they were going to, you know, divert from historical accuracy for any aspect of the game i'm they've definitely made a case as to why they are doing it for the armor you know what i'm saying like like it definitely definitely makes sense for sure um but of course going off of that uh we do have the second part of this episode admittedly it's gonna be a pretty quick one just because we only have three characters that we are breaking down for the most part um it is the characters of course of ghost of shishima and we have our protagonist here that we will go over first. Uh, and then we have uh, our ally as well as the antagonist of the game. Uh, but I'll let, of course, the Iraqi take it away uh, in terms of Jin Sakai, our protagonist. Uh, Sak- Sakai? 
Sakai? I don't know. Uh, welcome where we don't know how to pronounce things, like either of us. <laughs> um, again, forgive the uh, butchered pronunciation. Jin Sakai uh, grew up on Tsushima Island. He was trained since childhood in a strict, disciplined environment, trained by peers to become a samurai. His uncle, Shimura, is the Jito, appointed by officials and were tasked with handling taxes and maintaining peace, land head, quote, of the island. Jin lived this way his whole life until the Mongols arrived. When the Mongols invaded Tsushima, they killed most samurai, civilians, and devastated towns. Sakai was one of the few survivors. Jin considers it his duty to protect the island and his people at any cost. The samurai followed the moral code Bushido, such as death before dishonor. The Mongols greatly outnumber him and the inhabitants of the island, so he must find new ways to defeat them. He can choose to use his expert swordsmanship as a samurai or learn new tactics of the ghost which violate his code of honor. People on the island say good and bad things about him. Jin progresses to become a larger than life to become larger than life, a legendary warrior. And I believe yesterday you posed a question on what would you do? Would you abandon your code to to protect what you believe is right? Or would you adhere to that code as much as possible, even if it would result in your death? Yeah, because, like, definitely, like, I feel like we're going to see uh, a struggle with Jin. Um, on this topic, like, mainly because, like, you know, you can really see both sides of the coin, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, if you, you know, grew up, like, with these, with, like, this code, it has to mean something to, like, live up to that and to be honorable, you know what I'm saying? And to, like, you know, uh, uh, like, like, still remain true in how you view the world and how you view that lens through that code, right? And still retain that honor. Like, it, like, it makes sense that, like, he would still want to retain that, of course, even if uh you know shushima is under invasion right but also to the flip side of that it's like what is holding up that code if your people are dead yeah because of you holding up that code you know like like was it really worth it if like pretty much all these samurai are gone and you lose control of shushima to the mongols and you're left without a home you know what i'm saying like like is was it really worth holding up that code? Like, it's a very interesting debate, for sure. You know? Like, like we gave our own personal opinions on this as well. Mm -hmm. Like, on what would we do? And the the ghost of Phoenix. Mm. Facts. Uh, Facts. Like, my, my idea on it, like, just this is nothing to do with the game. Like, this is just my own personal opinion. Like, I my my perspective on honor and all that is like as long as it only negatively affects me I'm okay doing what needs to be done to like protect people but only if it negatively affects me mm. like you know so like depending on the choices and what we might get in the game because this, this is a sucker punch game sucker punch in the last like what like 
10 years that has been making choice-oriented games with the Infamous series. Yeah, choice-oriented open-world games. Yeah, yeah. so it's like... there pro- It's probably not going to be as, like, cut and dry as Infamous 2's, like, are you going to kill all of humanity and become the beast or save humanity? It's not going to be press R2 or L2 to make a choice. It's going to be much softer decisions, I feel, like in play style. Like, there better be... If there's a trophy to just maintain your honor and do nothing ghost-related, I'll do it, like, just to see what happens. Yes. Yeah, I bet, bro. I bet. I bet. That'd be super interesting. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like... Like, I don't even know where where I say because like I, I feel like I would want to save my people, you know. And if that means being dishonorable, then so be it. You know, what I'm saying like I think I think I think that's where I would range. But like, I do see the other side very very clearly. Yeah, you know? it's it's a it's a very interesting one for sure, very interesting. But um, there's one more thing I want to bring up here as well. Uh, that he said, oh oh, of course we have uh his uncle Shimura, which which we have seen in some trailers as well i think we saw him in the story trailer and i believe a little bit of the state of play i think towards the end of it i think we saw him as well but um seems like he'll be this mentor figure you know this uh person that uh teaches him the ways of the samurai and different stuff like that so uh and i and it also is very telling of like the culture as well within shishima and the fact that like he was appointed by officials as a jido um, so it so like it's like so it sounds like they have some sort of like a democracy type of deal within Tsushima, I think. I use of how it's worded. Um, and it's a really cool uh, thing that like he's also like maintained with handling taxes and specifically maintaining peace uh, as well. You know what I'm saying? Like in a time of disarray, you know, we're gonna I assume be like looking into Shimura and like how he is trying to maintain peace you know in these invasion times you know yeah it, Definitely. i am i don't know like i remember like last week in last week's episode i was very impartial for lack of a better phrase surrounding my feelings on ghosts but the more that we read and the more that we talk about it the more excited i get yeah definitely definitely oh yeah yeah def- like definitely and i hope that this episode does that for like a lot of people too in terms of like, yeah, like there's like a lot of cool bits that we could get in this game, you know. It just matters just like us. I mean, just me personally, like not knowing a ton about the Mongol invasion. Yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, there's a it's a, it's it's like kind of a new perspective on on games. Like usually, like the way that some of my friends describe my lifestyle on games is like, um best case it's just like oh it's like fast pace and like action oriented and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, most other times it's just gun go boom so like this is something new <laughs> gun go boom yeah shotgun go boom like just that's doom that's just all doom basically do you put my style of games and it's just doom <laughs> like but if uh like this is something new something that like new new esque it's like it it has um hints of familiarity with other kinds of games but it it is very clearly it has its own identity which right like hats off to sucker punch like just just you know just 
hats off like everything that I've read and we've seen is just impressive like like just there's no like no better word that I can put on it it's just it is impressive and it's I I say this in the best way not like I'm like I have any authority or like I'm a critic or whatever but it's like it's hard to get me to stop and say like you know wow yeah it's like most time it's like oh yeah that's cool or yeah that looks nice but seeing some of the trailers for ghost it really just it was like wow yeah i i don't yeah i felt wow definitely after a say i played for sure i was like oh okay like all right like now like i see this game like a little bit more clearly in terms of gameplay for sure yeah um yeah definitely excited um for sure uh but then we, of course we do have two more characters to round out the cast of course there'll be more characters this is all we know right now um according to the ghost of Tsushima wiki via fandom you know shout shout out to that resource one more time if i will uh we have masako who is a, a former ally of jin uh sakai i believe i'm saying that wrong but oh well uh, and a formidable archer. She helps him to rescue a monk from the temple in Tsushima, only to temporarily turn against him as the monk had betrayed her family. So, this was also uh, shown as a side mission. So, like, it, this this will be a side mission in the game. Um, I'm sure it might be edited and tweeted and stuff like that. We'll, 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 we'll have to see whenever it comes out. Um, but she seems like... I, I mean, she seems... Of course, very fierce, very cool, right? But, like, also, like, I think that there's a reasoning for them underlining that she's a formidable archer. Like, maybe, like, we'll get some sort of, like, upgrades for the bow from her, you know? Like, maybe something like that. Like, I I, I think there might be more to, like, calling her just an archer, like, besides her just being good at an archer. Like, I think there, I think there might be more to that in terms of upgrades, but I really don't know. Um, what do you think about this uh, character? Um, former ally and a formidable archer. Like, samurai use bow and arrows. Like, I believe. Mm. So, like, maybe, maybe Jin is a better swordsman than he is an archer. So it's like, here. And then, like, gives him a bow and then bam, skill tree. Yeah. <laughs> bam, skill tree. <laughs> you know how easy life would be is like oh here's a skill tree i would love a skill tree oh my god are you serious right now yeah like special points and fallout it's like where would you put all of it like if if i'm just looking at my score charisma's at a one mm. you hate to mm. see it mm. archery like archery would be like that's a that's a skill i'd upgrade that'd be cool but archery's a undiscovered skill i have yet to acquire yeah uh, Need a level. Slash, 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 never acquire. You know just like, just like every other skill in my life. Uh, Welcome but, uh, to the course. world's most self-deprecating podcast. Oh, I want listen, listen. I love self-deprecation jokes. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. Obviously, you know. I mean, I'm underlying the like joke part. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I know I'm, a, I know I'm half decent. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Uh, <laughs> But uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, uh, our our hopefully uh, not self-deprecating antagonist, the Ghost of Tsushima. 
to round out this episode? Uh, Koto Khan. I like. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Your guess is as good as mine. Koten Khan, whatever. Um, Khan. Uh, Khan Maker, Koden Khan, a lot of Khans this year. The Wrath of Khan. The Wrath of Khan. I think that's a Star Trek thing. Yeah, and I believe that is a Star Trek thing. I think. Um, Khan is the main antagonist of Ghost of Tsushima. He is a cunning and ruthless general of the Mongol Empire that plans to use his knowledge of the samurai to destroy them. Voiced by Patrick Gallagher, Koden Khan leads the Mongol army that invades Tsushima. Hmm. And we have seen a little bit of him in trailers. Uh, he seems like a very like daunting character. And I described him before as being a little bit like analogous in like his stature and like his demeanor kind of sort of in like a Wilson Fisk type of way. I think yeah. that's the angle we're going to get from him, I think. You know, just like brooding, relentless, just, just force. Just like just pounding on Shishima, you know. That's that's like what I think, but yeah, no, like I dig Wilson Fisk esque characters. Um, catch me wearing the Daredevil costume and beating up Khan. Mm. All all red armor, like oh, like red and are you trying armor. to do that? Yeah, I'm either gonna do red and black or like white and white and red. That's fire, dude. White and red would be lit. But Black Hero would be dope too. Oh man. I can't wait to go to my gym, bro. It's like fire. It's always like with me, it's always black and red or white and red, but red is always in there somewhere. Mm. Mm. See, I'm the antithesis. I like blue. Yeah. Blue? It's like we're uh it's like we're Scorpion and Sub Zero, you know? You'll just see it. Like let's see. Blue, like blue, like I don't know, I have to be in like a like a blue mood. But navy mm. blue? It's different. Mmm. Mmm. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. But, um, you know, of course, we will have to wait until we are able to customize Jin when the full game comes out. But that has been the story synopsis and a little bit of history behind the Mongol Empire invasion of Tsushima and Japan as a whole, as well as some characters that we got to know and how it all relates from a historical standpoint to the narrative that they're showing in the game. Hope you all enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Um, I thought it was super insightful researching all this. I thought it was very, very neat. Um, and definitely next week, we're going to go into a little bit more depth on like ghosts and samurai and stuff like that. And maybe like their individual codes of each, you know, I think there's there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff that's, that, that, that's going to come out. Like I mainly want to look at also like the the effects specifically of the samurai like we we did find here you know that that there was a shift in how they fought after the mongolian invasion right but like what exactly like changed on a more specific standpoint you know what i'm saying like i really want to go into depth on that so i'll definitely start research this weekend on that whole thing uh and um yeah that'll be next week ghost versus samurai hope you guys enjoyed i'm looking forward to that that definitely that'll be that'll be very very good like this was this was fun if you guys like the history like we can 
interject more history into into the episodes and try and give a little more context so everybody walks in a little more knowledgeable with the world surrounding Ghost of Tsushima. Definitely, definitely. And uh, Arachnet, where can the people find you? I am on the PlayStation Source Discord, which you can, you, you can find the link in the description below. Uh, I am under the same name. It is an active Discord. All of us are talking about games, what we're playing, what we're watching, like just things on our minds every day. Uh, bear in mind if you join, there's going to be a lot of Last of Us talk, so just, you know, come in with that. No spoilers. Don't worry about that. We, uh, it, it is a tough time for the those of us who have been playing Last of Us 2. It is a tough time. But it's a fun place. Like, we love to have new new members pop in, so please hop in. I'm on Twitter, uh, at Orly underscore Macias, which will be in the description as well. O-R-L-Y underscore M-A-C-I-A-S. I um, talk about movies, video games, comic books, just nerd stuff. Like, um, all the time over there, I love uh, meeting members of the community and talking to them about like what they're playing and seeing screenshots and all that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where you can find me. Of course, links down below in the description to all the key points to his personal links, as well as, of course, uh, links to our PlayStation Source links, including our Twitter, our, uh, what was it? Discord. <laughs> wow. Our Discord down below, uh, as well as our anchor link to listen to our long-form content and podcast format. That, of course, being Road to Part 2, as well as this very show, Road to Ghost of Shishima, as we lead up to release of Ghost of Tsushima. Like the video if you enjoyed it, rate us on podcast services, and make sure to stay subscribed to PlayStation Source to keep up with the latest and grace and PlayStation and all things Ghost of Tsushima. The last PS4 big banger of the generation. It's going to end off here, man. I'd uh, love to see it. PS5 is going to be crazy. Oh, PS5 is going to be lit. Let's go. PS5, Let's go. Come on, man. Spider-Man Miles Morales? Horizon uh, Forbidden West? Uh, Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk? Now? Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Come on, man. Fire. 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 Last of Us Factions. Come on, man. Uh, hopefully that comes up before. Dude, I, I, I need that now. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. I need, Man, even if they were like, hey, here's a beta. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, my God. I would cry for a beta. Oh, man. Oh, well. I'll take what I can well, get. Like, it's fun. We will definitely get Ghost of Tsushima first, as far as I'm aware. Yes. And uh, thank you all for watching. Make sure to tune in next week for episode three as we lead on towards Ghost of Tsushima's release date. And thank you all for watching. Thank you for the support. Liked, like, subscribe, all the good stuff. Thank you all for watching. And as always, greatness, greatness awaits. awaits. See you later, guys. See ya.